Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. You didn't know. What's the best Jordan shoe? The Retro 1, Retro 4, hands down. Yeah. The two best. What's the first Jordan shoe you had? The first Jordan shoe I ever had was a Retro 11. The Braves. My dad bought it for me right after the Bulls won the championship. What year was that? Uh, 95? 95, 95, 96. Okay. I was like four or five years old. Yeah. So it's been, it's been an addiction ever since. I always love hearing about stories of, uh, I always love hearing about the stories of people that were in Chicago when that shit was going. This is me, right? Yeah. Okay. When the Bulls won championship, how oh, fucking yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. the streets were. Do you remember? I remember exactly. Other than like the first three, obviously, because I was only like two or three years old. But like the last three Pete, I remember exactly where I was all three times. Yeah. Dude, I just listened to um, you must love Dennis Rodman, obviously. Oh yeah. I just listened to an interview with him with one of my favorite podcasters, named Lewis House, and he had him on to talk about the thirty for thirty. Oh yeah. Dennis is an interesting guy, man. As if we didn't already know that, but his upbringing, you know, like so he didn't have a father. Yeah. His mom kind of like cast him off to the side. You know, when he went to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City went to college. I believe so. Yeah, his college wasn't big at all. No, like, it wasn't. He wasn't. lived with this like super white, like regular ass family. Yeah. And, shit. and he said, um, "Oh my God, it was hilarious." He was talking about in this interview. It's like, so the first day I come in. And uh, they're like, you know, like, oh, we'd love to give you some food. And it, honestly, some of the younger brothers yeah. have, like, never seen a black person before. And they <laughs> were, like, looking at him, like, not, like, rudely, but, like, oh, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's going good? on with you, you know? And he was just so funny in this interview. Oh, but God, Dennis Rodman, man, he's, like, such a unique person in the, in the respect that he's been through so much shit. Mm -hmm. Even while he was going on. Like through the NBA, man. Like, in in his eyes, his thing was, all right, the game takes three hours to play. If everything else is fucked up, all I gotta do is focus for that three hours, and then get to the next game. Get to the next game, and then after he got done, that's when she got really fucked up. But he was talking about um, Kim Jong Un and his relationship too. I'll have to send you it. It was a really, really interesting interview. Yeah, he's definitely been one of the like more interesting characters in the NBA. I think. Him being who he was in the 90s helped a lot of these guys today, like, embrace who they are and, yeah. accept, and accept those being the odd man out. Because even he said it himself, like, I take away the distraction of all the attention being on Michael Jordan. Yep, that's like, true. Like, if I get a take, if he gets a technical foul for doing something outlandish to have Michael Jordan regain his peace of mind, he was all for it. And I think that mentality, like, helped him, like, not just as a bull, but even with the Pistons, where oh. when he won Defensive Player of the Year, he wasn't looking for any accolades. But no, he says Detroit is the reason that he became a better person, that he became a better player. 
everything. Better yeah, father. I mean, that's what's up, man. You, you need to go through stuff like that, where like you have older guys who you know can teach you along the way. Because he was playing with guys like Joe Dubar, and yeah. I'm Thomas, and John Sally was a little bit. Older. Yeah, 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 so yeah, he, yeah. He was playing Rick Mahorn. Those guys were a little bit older than him, so. And they had been like going at it for almost a decade before yeah, he got yeah, into right? it. So, and they were still going at it. So I think that helped him build his build his little build his rep coming into the Bulls, even though the Bulls were a little bit younger. I even said they didn't want him over there, but Jordan's like, nah, bring him here. When did he go over to the Bulls in '91? No, he went over to the Bulls actually after he played in uh, San Antonio and LA oh, right. for a little bit. I forgot about yeah. that. He did that in like 94, 95, and then the Bulls, the Bulls got him right when uh, Jordan came back. The second year Jordan came back. What a crazy time in NBA, man. Like, Look where we are now. It's crazy. Are you a big Bulls, then? Bulls guy? It's tough to be. It's tough. I'm they a make Pacers it. fan, so I haven't seen any fucking accolades anytime recently, bro. Oh, man. Uh, the Pacers are looking more promising than the Bulls now. That's just yeah, true. that's true. But we're not rivals because we're Midwestern guys, yeah. right? Like, we nah, support I, each other's teams, support, right? Man, somebody's got to take Milwaukee out some type of way. God damn. Bro, fucking Giannis. Is he the most athletic player in the that NBA? That I've ever seen. That I've ever seen. That, he's the most that I like. Like just skill, like he doesn't like his skill set isn't that polished yet. Yeah. But as far as athleticism and like potential, I've never seen anything like it. Like Victor Oladipo is a lesser version of him to me oh. without the height and the length. But so I went to IU. Yeah, okay. And uh, right. I saw Victor Oladipo, you know, when they were the number one team and Christian Watford and all. Those oh, guys. dude, I was there for the watch shot, bro, in the general admission section against Kentucky. That was the craziest thing. Honestly, I might headline Tomorrowland one day if I, if I ever get the chance. I'm still going to say the watch out was crazier, dude. That's the crazy, man. That was probably one of the, I remember exactly where I was. I was in, I was in college myself uh -huh. playing ball, and we were on the road coming back home yeah. from a game. Yeah. And I'm watching it on my phone. I'm like, yeah, this game's over with. Yeah. He, should, he turns around just throws it at him. I'm like, God, damn, man. Dude, crazy. The only loss of the season for Kentucky yep. two that year. And he won the, I think he won uh, the SB for uh, yep. player or whatever it was play of the year. Play of the year. Play yeah. of the year. That yeah. put that put him on the map individually, but I just think college sports and professional sports they changed so much. <laughs> and now, like, I mean, there's bigger money makers. Like the NFL is such a big money maker, but yeah. it's becoming more and more obvious with you know, concussions and injuries and stuff that, like, dude, the NFL is, is fucked up. It, it is. It really is. And the amount of money they're getting paid to risk their lives basically every every week, it's... And then not to have anything set up for them after yeah. is pretty messed up. Like, yeah, absolutely. What you get for your contract is what you get. Like, they don't put anything in their contract yeah. for them to get like life insurance, anything to help them set up for their yeah. families and stuff like that. That's why... And then... For it to for the mental health issue to just now be coming out is yeah. pretty scary. Cause think about the NFL players we've had that have taken their life, taken their life for us. So many put themselves in and messed up situations to mess up their future. Like it's pretty sad. And to see all, all these millionaire owners still thrive and make money off of it is pretty sad. It is pretty it's, sad, it's man. Pretty sad. I know, and it's. It's too bad. It is, and even in, with college, like those kids are 18, 19 years old. They're going out, hitting each other as hard as, as, hard I know. as they can. And 
85% of them won't even make the NFL. No, and that's I know. Pretty sad. And that's, that's another thing that should be looked into more. Because I know, isn't California the only state that has where collegiate athletes are getting paid now? That's true. That's I just brand like, new, too. Yeah, that's just this year. But think about how long NCAA and all these conferences have been making money off these kids. It's true, it's, it's true. And it's, it's an interesting time for us, so like I'll make the I'll make like a comparison here, Andrew Luck and Avicii, right? Yeah. Before them, and even before Andrew Luck, there was a lot of players that would retire early and were like, why are you retiring? You're such a great player. He's like, well, I'm fucking hurt. Yeah. Avicii, Hardwell, we could say too, you know, just keep it mainstream yeah. or whatever. Avicii died, he killed himself, killed himself because yeah. of what he was going through. Andrew Luck, retired at age 29, is regarded to be one of the most... I mean, the best, one of the best quarterbacks. The best quarterbacks ever. Exactly. And he said, I can't do this. And everyone's, like, so shocked. And it's like, you got to understand, there's people behind these cameras. There's people behind these helmets. There's people behind these pads, the decks, whatever. It's more, it's more than just, you know, what people see out in the open, you know. There's no telling what Avicii was going through in his life. Exactly. Him to, to go through what he went through. like. And even, you know, we see it around our city alone. Like, a lot of people are really, we use this as an escape to get away from whatever we have going on in our personal lives. And when this doesn't go how we expect it to be, that's even more of a bummer on us. So like, when what you love and, you know, how you're really feeling like starts to clash, yeah. it definitely like hits you in a different way. It and does it leads to those drastic like measures of, depression and anxiety on yeah. it's kicking in like, yeah. and they wonder like well like how are you able to still do it it's like because I have to like yeah. like this is what's going to keep me going every day yeah. outside of like you know what I have going on like in my personal life I right. have to keep going you know but yeah. it always does come a point where like kind enough is enough I gotta look out for myself, my my own mental health, my own personal well-being. Yeah. Because a lot of people forget that as well. Yeah. Like, they forget that you're still a human being. You still have to take care of yourself. Like you still have people outside of the industry that depend on you and count on you. you know? True. I think this generation, our generation, is with us being a little more mental health conscious. I think a lot of that, like. I can't say that it'll end whatever is going on in society, but I think our generation will definitely help. We're talking about transition. it. Yep. I think that's the thing is, I, I strongly believe that where we've come from social media and where we're at now is, is a lot different. In the beginning yeah. it was, and it still is, a great way to get your name out there, a great way to share information, collaborate, mm -hmm. you know, comment, whatever it might be. And then the whole thing happened with facebook fake news and then like all this shit happening and you're like i don't believe anything in social media exactly. i see things in social media but all i believe now is what i hear from my friends so i see that happening with mental health a lot us talking about it as djs people in the music industry people in the creative industry whatever it might be like we're creatives man and people who don't put themselves out there musically or just anything anything creative art graphic design music production we do something that people can have an opinion about, right? So if I work in a cubicle, I either do a good job or I don't do a good job. Yep. If I play a set or I release a song, people are really not going to think that's okay. They're going to really think I don't like it or I like it. Yep. So it's tough because we get feedback through social media, and I think that is the biggest strength and weakness is you can get good, you can get bad. And that's one thing. You can never get too high, never get too low, especially yep. when it comes to this. 
because it's a million DJ producers all over the yep. world. Especially within our city, like, who will, like, everyone will, the, the places we play at, the venues we see yep. in the city are second to none. From the spy bars, the yeah. sound bars, the Joy Districts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those places, like, are top notch. Yeah. Like, and I don't see too many, I don't see too many clubs or venues like that, like, within, like, that small of a radius. Yeah. Like, anywhere else in the country. I agree. Anywhere else, and nobody parties as late as Chicago. You got, you got after hours yeah. till eight, nine o'clock yeah. at night, like, and like eight, nine o'clock in the morning, and people are still going, still wide awake, and they went to work for nine hours, then went to the club. Dude, we're hard workers. Hard, we work hard, we party even harder. I've, <laughs> I've definitely said that in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely said that. That's the biggest thing, man. I mean, we love our city so much, and we're willing to rep in any possible way we can, We right? do. We really do. And we have no problem telling other people nah, where we're yeah, We something. have no problem. But, we dude, you're no on fire lately, man. I mean, I've, I've been seeing your name for about a year and a half, two years, and from what I've learned about you, you know, just from talking to you and other people, shout out to collective management and everybody's been putting you on and shit. Your name's going around. You've been doing this for how long now? I've actually only been DJ since about the end of the end of October 2017. Okay, so two years almost to the date? Almost two years, yeah. Wait, you DJ before I, then? No, I was not. Really? Was not. How'd you get into I, it? Um, when I was playing pro ball, I was waiting to get You're called. You're playing professional basketball? Yeah, I played professional basketball, like uh, the ABA. I played oh, in shit. China for a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, so I did that for a while, and I wasn't receiving any calls back. So I was getting a little down on myself. Sure. So one of my homies had like a little mixer, and I was like, let me try this out. I started playing on it a little bit, started getting better a little bit. So one of my homies was like, hey, you want to come play my Halloween party? I was like, sure, why not? It's a pair of CDJs sitting there, and I'm just sitting there with my little controller. Like. <laughs> but uh, that's why I met Andy Gresh, actually. Oh, okay. I met Andy Gresh there. And um, the rest is history, man. I went straight from that to getting my first gig at um, Tobacco Road nice. with Andy. And then next was um, Soundbar with a few of the, the homies that uh, I met throughout going to different shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Miami Music Week was after that. Yeah. So ever since then, it's just been trying to work, trying to make sure that I, you know, not too much, like, keep my name out there, but just so support and show love to everybody that showed up. Yeah, well, you know, I follow you on Twitter, and um, quick thing about Twitter, I think Twitter is the, currently the best form of social media because it's thoughts and feelings rather than things that have happened or that yeah. you want people to see. Yeah. I think you got a great Twitter, but one thing that you talked about was African Americans in our culture and our generation is house DJs specifically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you think about you is like, what, what, what does it mean to you to be an African American house DJ? I mean, it means everything to me, um, especially being from Chicago, yeah. where it was established with the, with Frankie and all the you know older guys that we have to pay homage to. Yeah, you know, it's sad. I won't say it's sad. I'd say it's more shocking that we don't have more African American DJs within this culture around our age. You know? Right. Because I'm not 18, 19. Years, I'm 28. Yeah. So me being a little bit older than like. The you know crowd of the music that Chicago is made for. Yeah, I'm trying to. I want to be able to try to ease that transition and let them know that you know we've made other music besides drill music and, and rap music. You know? 
we have other genres that our people have started yeah. for many years, not just for just our people, for everyone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like house music was started for everyone. Yeah. But I think our generation has seen it as like, well, they don't see too many people of our white color in that genre of music within electronic music. Yeah. And I just think, I don't think that they won't like it. I just think people are scared of what they don't know about. Yeah. And I think it's up to, you know, guys like me, you know, try to bridge that gap a little bit as long as I'm doing this thing. Are you bringing some of your homies into the scene then? Uh, yeah, I actually to the shows and shit? Yeah, I actually, my brother, my older brother was the one that got me into electronic music. What's his name? His name is Manny Huggins. We call him Moosey. Moosey. He, shout out Moosey. Shout out Moosey, man. He took me to my first ever uh, at Juna show. Nice. Yeah, I had just got back from China. It was like 2016. He took me to see uh, Jason Ross for the first time. Nice. And eventually then I started developing my own taste for music and then like first house show I went to was like Cream Velvet at the mid when the mid was open and ever since then I was like yeah this yeah. is it this is it <laughs> it's a vibe behind it, it right? it really is it really is and you know it wasn't so much about the music it was about how it made people feel you know I've never seen so many people with so many smiles on their faces around people they've never met before a day yeah. in their life right you know and that's what made me want to like contribute a little more to that community and be able to like bring some of that into my community you know because a lot of a lot of my homies I grew up with they don't really they don't really go to shows and stuff like that they don't go to places like that and, right. I, and I, I'm one of those people where I would never force them to come to it sure I'll, I'll invite them out I'll send them different event flyers and stuff like that right. but I've never ever forced any of my homies any of it but some of them have randomly popped up and show love and they actually like it so i think it's hope it's a lot of hope for it and i'm always up for the challenge to you know keep putting this music out and keep making people want to dance and making people want to have fun and show that you know it's more than just about me you know it's about everyone absolutely i think there's something to be said and i talk about this all the time about going to house shows live and techno and progressive whatever it might be man because like i could put some airpods in you walking down the street and say check out this house song you're like all right yeah it's, it's fine that, it's, it's, yeah that's you're like, all, all right all yeah. your hi-hats you know that's all people but if you go that. live and you experience where technology is at with speakers and subs it's a lot different it feels a lot it fucking feels so different, much man. different yeah so much different because a lot of the stuff like the mixes i'll make i'll play in the car uh, my homies will they'll like it, yeah. but then they'll come to a show and they're like, oh, so this is what it sounds like live. Like, yeah. yeah, man. Like, this is why we do it. I, I, my cousin was working at one of the um, sponsors at Mandy last year, and he got off work early, and I got him to see Duke DeMont for the first time. Nice. He was like, wow. Like, <laughs> I see why you guys are like, yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. a different feeling. Like, and he's like, he didn't feel pressured to be there. He didn't feel overwhelmed. It was just a good time for him. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, it's changing so much in terms of just, like, the people that are getting into the scene, you know? It is. It really is. The scene's getting a little bit younger as far as, like, the techno and house crowd. Younger people are getting into it earlier. Yeah, right? I would say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to, back in the day, they were, like, 16, 17 years old yeah, going yeah, to yeah. warehouse parties <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> And now we got 16, 17 year olds. They're like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, what are you yeah, listening yeah. to? Like my niece, like my little sister, she's 16. Yeah. She's like, what type of music do you play? I'm like techno house music. She's like, oh, I guess. I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> 
whatever. But right. she, my family's always been supportive of it. They've always, you know, they got to see me play at the My House Music Festival last year. Yeah, how was that, man? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And to see them transition from what they had the previous year to what they had this year, it's unbelievable. Like, shout out to all that crew. They. They put together an amazing festival. Yeah. They put together an amazing festival. Well, I, I think there's there's no surprise why you've been blowing up, man. I mean, you obviously have a lot of passion towards it. You're a great live DJ. I've seen you multiple Thank times. Thank you so much, man. You um, you envelop the Chicago scene to me a lot and your style. Also, you got a fucking smile on while you're DJing, so cheers to that, man. man you yeah, know? man. It's, it's a blessing to be in the situations that I'm in because a lot of DJs have been playing for 10, 15 years, and yeah. they still haven't played at some of the places that I've been best to play, blessed to play at. Yeah. So why not play with a smile on your face? You know, Dude, of it course. could be a lot. It could be a lot worse. I yeah. Could be doing, uh, it's uh, so much going on in this city that it, a lot worse could be happening. But Absolutely. I'm getting the chance to play at some of the best clubs in the world yeah. with some of the best people in the world. Yeah. I mean, why not smile? It's nothing to be sad about. 2019 has been a big year for you. You, you opened for Mason Maynard. You just opened for Eli Brown. Yeah, man. Right? Who yeah. else? What else am I missing? Um, Doc Martin. Doc did, Martin? Did the Doc Martin. Did Justin Martin actually to end 2018 uh -huh. with uh, an Andy Grush. Yeah. Um, I did the day one with uh, Claptone. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you just played... Uh, God, you just played an event, too. Not Eli before that. Uh, the, the after hours party with Justin yeah, Braun. Yeah. That was Doc Martin. Doc, Doc Martin, Martin, yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? That was amazing. Underground, man. baby. Oh, man. That's... And, uh, that, you can play whatever the fuck you want. You can play whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> the sky's the fucking limit. Yeah. Like, just everybody there just to have a great time. Like, yeah. And that's what, that's what I feel like our city needs definitely is getting back to, you know. We're becoming a little bit younger. A lot of the bigger guys, you know, they're playing overseas. Yeah. They're doing their thing. You know, that's the place that where we want to get to eventually. But we yeah. have to remember where it started. Of course. This is exactly where it started. So underground, you know, everybody showing love, everybody respecting one another. Who says all of us can't thrive in this thing? You know? Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's enough out here for everyone to be able to, you know, spread their love or spread their music or do whatever they do, you know? It's, it should never be about, well, he's got this out, I need to get this out. Like, yeah, it's yeah. never, I, I think of it, if, if, you could, if you're blessed to be able to be in front of people and playing music and producing music, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I love that, Different man. strokes for different folks. Some people might like your music, some people might not. Like, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Like, it comes with the territory. It does. Like, you'd be surprised the amount of kids in Chicago that don't like house music. <laughs> you would be surprised. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of kids that don't like it, but we also do have a nice amount of kids that do, and they show up, they show love, and we try to do the same for them as well. Two-way street in this industry, right? Always, always. Fans to the fans to the DJs, DJs to the fans. Always, always. So what's next for you, man? Um, I'm actually playing, playing a show at Bourbon on Division on okay. Halloween. Nice. And then um, me and Alex Cruz are working on some new music to have done before the end of so the you year. Producing? Yeah, producing. Right. Started producing a little bit, trying to get my feet wet in that a little bit. Yeah. Man. Just looking forward to new challenges, man. Like, yeah. Looking forward to it. Like, it's only. It, it only becomes a time where you want to keep playing other people's music. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to play something that you made that other make other people feel good. You right. Know? And, and I, we have so many different inspirations around the city. Like, I tell everybody, we get spoiled with music when it comes to Chicago. God, we do. We get it all. We, we get really it all. Do, yeah. We, how many times are you going to get Moxie at one club, Eli <laughs> Brown at one club, and then like a, 
dope ass progressive D DJ playing at another club on one. And then after is that. All of them are gonna play yeah. like, it's gonna everybody's gonna randomly show up and come together. Right. And that's the reason I love Chicago as well. Like you can have so many different things going on at once, but once it hits like that six, seven AM, everybody knows where it's where right. to be at. Everyone knows where to be at. That is the special and, thing about this city. It is, man. And I think that's what kind of builds those camaraderies, you know, and helps build those like business relationships, you know. Not just going and you know kick it and party, but you know develop a little bit more of a bond with the person that you may not see yeah. out at the club all the time, but you see him kind of having fun at an after hours, letting yeah. loose a little bit. Like you're a little bit more open to that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're well, now you gotta remember we're at the club. It's still a job for us sometimes. It's true. So a lot of us are still locked into whatever we're doing. Like some of our buddies are bouncers, some of them are bartenders. So they're a lot a little locked in with whatever they're doing. So when we come and we approach them while they're at the club, it's like, hey, what up? Gotta get out of here. And you may not necessarily feel the love right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see them later on that night. Yeah. They got a big grin on their face. That's right. Like, thank God, with the drink in their head, like, yeah, my bad. You gotta just know, like, everybody's hustling, everybody's trying to do their thing and get themselves together, you know? Yeah, absolutely, but Chicago's a great city. I, I love it here, man. I'm Ever since it. I've been on the, on the scene, it's been, it's been a lot of love. Well, like I said, man, I want to say one more time, your reputation is well deserved. Thank you. I so got a much, lot of respect man. for you, man. And likewise, doing everything you brother, do. likewise, man. Um, I just want to acknowledge you again for everything you're doing. Thank you. Man. You're hustling, brother. Thank I you love so it. much, man. Thank you're you, hustling man. harder than most. Oh, man, thank you All so right? much, man. You always, man, always a pleasure, man. You're, like I tell Alex, you're one of my favorite people in the city. Oh, one of my favorite that's people, nice, man. man. I, I appreciate. I that. love every time we come in contact, even when yeah. we're in Detroit together. Oh God. That was a great night. That was a great night. Yeah, fucking Lee Foss, man. Yeah, ever since then, it was like, ah, fuck with Cern. It's my man. It's my man, man. Thank you so much for everything, man.